Father, we once again we come to you acknowledging your presence before us. And it is a privilege for us to be here in your presence. And uh, but more than that, Father, we ask that as we uh, read your word, Lord, that the truth that is contained in your word will be touched. God will touch our hearts, everything that we are, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask you in Jesus' name, Lord, because we know that, that it is the only thing, that, that, that the truth that is in your word, that is, is the only thing that will uh, transform us, especially in this current situation. Lord, we need to, to uh, hear you from your word. Bless your people, Father, in Jesus' name. Guys, uh, yeah, as... Uh, that I said before, it's a crazy time. It's, it's uh, the, the situation, yeah, there's a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty of the future, anxiety in people. And uh, so, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, like, like that I said, some of you, you know, and we pray, hopefully, that none, none of you uh, infected in any way, but you know, but, but they may the possibility there might be some of you, and or at least the concern that some of you might be sick, whether it's your parents, your your grandma, your grandchildren. And I, I have grandchildren, and uh, <clears throat> but uh, I suppose in this kind of situation, sometimes people, even believers, would ask, you know, okay, where is God in this thing, <laughs> and. Uh, my thing is, it's okay to ask that question. Where is God in this? And, but I think as believers, it is important for us not to stop to that question, but go back and read what the Bible says. God's perspective, you know, what we're in. And uh, so uh, I want to take you to that, that, uh, that the scripture concerning this issue. And... Uh, you know what, what really, what really, what God thinks about our situation. And many of us have heard the scripture when people quote. Some of us, I, I know, have heard the scripture where people will say, people will quote it. For I know this is this is from the Bible. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. We've heard that scripture many times quoted. It's a powerful, powerful truth. But I'd like to, to uh, get us all to read this, this statement because this statement is Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. But I'd like to, uh, to bring us into, uh, take you on a journey to look at this statement in its context, historically and uh, the historical context and the biblical context and we will discover how powerful that statement is how powerful God is and what it means this powerful God to us as God's people especially in this situation so uh, if you like title my title this morning is the privilege of being God's people in whatever situation we are in and uh, so I, I want to uh, just talk a little bit about, you know, as far as historical context, begin with this person, Jeremiah. He wrote that statement. Jeremiah is a prophet who was called, when he was a teenager, he was called by God. 
As a matter of fact, the call of God in, in, in to Jeremiah in chapter 1, uh, where God said, before I formed you, I knew you. And before uh, you were born, I had called you to become, to be prophets, to be a prophet uh, to the nations. And of course, Jeremiah is being a teenager. You know, God, I'm just a child, you know. Don't choose me. But God chose him. And he, his ministry spans uh, well, uh, about for about 40 years. And uh, just so that you know, the ministry of, of the prophets, especially in the Old Testament, it's not just about prophesying and foretelling the future, but their main ministry, what is known as the, the prophets, the function of the prophets, what is known as the covenant enforcement agent. Their job, they're sent by God to call the people of God back to the relationship with God. And uh, so Jeremiah is one of them. And uh, the story of Israel is, is this. In the, 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 the story of Israel in the context of Israel as a kingdom, not when they were in Egypt, but as a kingdom, began with King Saul and then King David and then King Solomon. Now, under King Solomon, they experienced like the pinnacle of the glory of Israel. It, it was the highlight of the history of Israel, Israel as a kingdom. And it was marked by the building of the temple and also by the manifestation of the glory of God in the temple, where the cloud of glory, God's glory would come and the ministers in the temple couldn't minister because of the thickness of the cloud of the glory of God. That's powerful. However, while Solomon Solomon's ruling or leadership is the is the is the highlight of the the kingdom of Israel, it is also the downfall of the kingdom of Israel. And uh, the reason being is is the Bible describes Solomon as a king who loves all all, all the foreign women. It is recorded in the Bible that he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And uh, God visited him a few times to remind him. And, and all these wives, all these women, they came from the nations around Israel where God forbid it, uh, Israel to have relationship, in, in marriage relationship with these people because God said, if you marry these women, they will turn your hearts for me. And Solomon did just that. 700 wives, 300 concubines, and sure enough, his heart turned away from God. And the result, the ultimate result of that is that after 400 years from Solomon all the way to the time of Jeremiah, Israel was taken to Babylon, the ultimate sin of Israel. Why 400 years? You know why? That's the goodness of God. He waited. For in that 400 years, God sent prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet. And they didn't repent. So the sin of Solomon actually began. The judgment of God manifested with the division of the kingdom. Israel became two kingdoms, kingdom of the north and kingdom of Judah and south. And, uh, and after that, they just went downhill. There are some good kings but they kept, just it's like the whole thing. One good king would come and another bad king after that. Good king and a bad king. And at the end, they all were taken 
to uh, to Babylon. So uh, in Jeremiah, he's the last prophet that saw the downfall of his kingdom before they were taken to to uh, to exile. And in his ministry, he suffered a lot of persecution because Jeremiah would prophesy and call them back and prophesy, warn them about the judgment of God. And other prophets, they're not from God, but they prophesy good things. Like, oh, no, God is good. God is fantastic. Jeremiah said, no, 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 you don't understand. Judgment is coming. And sure enough, it did. So when it came, Babylon, the Babylonian army came. Nebuchadnezzar, the, the, the emperor, came with his, all his army, ransacked the temple of God, went to the holy temple, and pretty much robbed the, the temple. Imagine for the, the guys, the, the, the Israelites and Judah, they, they would see that it's like, wow, you know, the devastation that, that, that happened. And he took everybody to Jerusalem except for Jeremiah. And, and this is how God worked for whatever reason. The uh, commander of the army of Nebuchadnezzar, by the guy by the name Nebuchadnezzar, he said to Jeremiah, listen, favor through this guy. And Jeremiah decided to stay in Jerusalem. So that statement about God having uh, received the word of the Lord for the people of Israel in exile, and he sent a letter to them, what the, the, Lord, the Lord gave to him. So he wrote, that says the Lord in verse 4, that says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Verse 5, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. Verse 7, it's interesting here, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray for the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. In verse 8, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to their dreams the dreams that they dream. Remember I told you how there are other prophets who prophesy good things. False prophecy. And verse 9, God said, it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. In verse 10, I love this. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. Here we are. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. And when you seek me, it is when you seek me with all your heart. Notice that, all your heart. And I, I will be found with you, declares the Lord. I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all nations and all places where I have driven you. 
declares the Lord, and I will bring you. It was already written in the book of Leviticus, I think Leviticus 26. God says, if you disobey me and go to other gods, the land's going to spew you out, spew you, vomit you out, and you will be taken into your enemy's land. That's when God was giving them the law. So, you know, it's, nothing is a surprise to God. But in this situation, God once again reaffirmed to the children of Israel where he's at. It's not a surprise to him. What we can learn about God is this, that in the, mid, in the midst of judgment, he takes care of his people and make, making sure of their well-being. And not only that, but also give them the sense of hope as we read in the passage there. You're going to be there for 70 years, but don't worry. I'm going to take care of you. I know what I'm doing. That's pretty much what God is saying. Whatever the situation, the, God's people were caught in. God is still in control. Now, here's the thing. As far as the, the, the exile, there's few details that we need to, we need to, we need to, I need to bring up to you. Those guys, they were there in Babylon in, the, in, the, in the captivity because of the sin of the nation. Okay? So there are some people there, they were sinful. They were just because they're part of the nation of Israel, they were taken also. So they were righteous people, good people, God-fearing people were also taken. I'll give you an example. Some of them are Daniel, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Guess what? There's another guy who were taken there by the name of Ezekiel. Now, both Daniel and Ezekiel, they wrote two significant books in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Some of their writings actually echoed in the book of Revelation. Powerful. As a matter of fact, when you, I want to encourage you to read the story of Daniel. Even though he was in captivity, he was actually, he ended up became, you know, by, by this uh, emperor, Nebuchadnezzar, he was the most trusted man, the closest man to the emperor of the, you know, the, this invasive kingdom came that took over Jerusalem. Not the Babylonians that, that actually were high up. It was Daniel, the captain. That's how God works. What I like from the passage of this is this. What God is saying is this. I'm going to take care of you. Even though my judgment is upon you, but you, are, you remain my people. That's not going to change. So as my people, I'm going to take care of you. But God goes beyond that. He said, but it's not about you either. God says, pray for the city where you're in. Pray for the city. Isn't it amazing? They were, they were under judgment of God. They were empowered even in the governmental uh, uh, context. But also, God, put, God has put in their hands to actually be a blessing to the people around them. Just think about that. Under the judgment of God, not only God took care of them, but God empowered them to become a blessing to the people around them. 
That's God. But he's the you and I, as God's people, we're not on the judgment of God because Jesus took care of that, right? None of us. Beyond what the Babylonian captivity or you know, these Israelites, God would do more. That's why the scripture in Ephesians 3 verse 20, it says, he can do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask and, and think or imagine and all those things. He said, God can do it for us. But here's the thing about that scripture in Ephesians 20. He didn't stop there. God said, God, the, the scripture says, God can do exceedingly abundantly, abundantly beyond all that we can think or ask. How? According to the power that is in us. And with that, truth and looking at the story of Jeremiah and the, the letter, the word of God he, he, he received from God, God said to, to the guys in captivity live the way you live get a job have family and all those things increase don't decrease but here's the thing, go beyond that pray for the city be an instrument of blessing. Doesn't matter where we are, just like the children of Israel. They were under the judgment of God. They was, God still required them to be instruments of blessing. God still empowered them to be channels of blessing. Guys, I believe this is the core of you, you and I right now. Yes, we are fearful. I am scared. In, you know, humanly speaking, it's like God. What am I going to do? It's like, you know, how are my kids? How, how's the church? How are my people that I'm praying for? And, and because we care for people. But I know as a man of God, and not just me, but you, as God's people, the same call for the children of Israel because they are God's people. Wherever we are, we can be an instrument. We can be instruments and channels of God's blessing. So I Here's the thing, pray for the city. That's what God says. Pray for, for the city because their welfare will become our welfare. So let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We pray. We thank you, Lord, for the leadership that is shown by our, our premier, Daniel Andrew, Mr. Daniel Andrew. We thank you, Lord. For his strong stand and his decisive uh, stand, Father, or in taking care of us. And as the church, I pray that not just Melbourne Wine, but all churches in, 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 the, in Melbourne will take the position of humility and submit to the instruction given by our, the leader of our state, Lord Jesus. Because that's what you have called us to do. And we pray for uh, um, uh, uh, Mr. Premier Daniel Andrew and his family, his wife and his children, Lord. We pray for their well-being, Lord Jesus. We pray for the, for our, our governmental, the, the members of the cabinet and all the people who are working together to, to look after this state. We pray for the well-being of the city. And Father, because you have given us the authority in the name of Jesus, we believe, Lord, that we can speak against the sickness, Lord, to to leave this city 
In the name of Jesus, we speak, Lord, we prophesy in Jesus' name to this coronavirus, this uh, COVID-19 to leave the city in the name of Jesus. While at the same time, we will demonstrate our spirit of humility. Just because we have the power in the name of Jesus, it doesn't mean we are not going to submit to the, 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 our leaders' instruction. We will submit, Lord. And thank you, Lord. And bless the member lifers. And I, will, I pray that, we, that you will stir the heart, the hearts of member lifers to pray for this city. Thank you, Jesus. This we pray. Amen. God bless you.